wounds are just hurts that we receive from other people. And often when we don't heal the wounds that have hurt us, the places where we've been hurt by others, the places that we have been betrayed, abandoned, rejected, or just simply hurt, when we don't heal those, those affect us kind of in a ripple effect throughout our life. So if we don't, there's a quote, and I believe it's anonymous, I've never found the author, but it says, when we don't heal what hurt us, we bleed on those who didn't cut us. Listening to the Single Momcast by Arise Ministries. I'm Mel Hyatt. And I'm Pam Keneally. Pam, I'm excited today. Are you excited? I can't wait for you to meet Katie. This is going to be so great. No. Friends, we have a guest with us today who is going to be talking about transformation. She gave us this little tagline that we just love. She said, Today I want to talk about lives we believe, wounds we received and sin that we need to break free from. I think I added that last part a little different, Katie, but you said it so well. Katie, thanks for being here with us today. Yeah, hi. We are so excited. Uh, We're going to learn more about you, and we're going to talk about transformation. But before we get there, Katie, what would you like our listeners, our single moms, to know about you today? Probably the most important thing you can know at the beginning is I am a mom of three boys, and that has been the most massive growth experience for me personally, and the thing that has sent me into pursuing transformation the most of all in my life. If boys are challenging, what are you what are you talking about? <laughs> you ought to know you have challenging and so fun. Yes. At the same time, they are I always tell my boys that they're sour patch kids. Oh goodness. They're like <laughs> That's awesome. Sweet and sour all at the same time. That is great, Mel. I've never heard you say that before. So oh. I'll learn something new every time we do a podcast. There you go. Okay. I like that. I'm giving I, them counseling content. I do love that. <laughs> So good. Well, I tell you what, uh, Katie, today uh, we are talking about transformation. And first of all, would you explain exactly what it is and why is transformation so important to you? Yeah, for sure. So when I think of transformation, I really think of God changing us. So me as a person facing something that is difficult inside of me and experiencing the power of God changing me and making me new, whole, healed, whatever it may be, God working in those places that are difficult or broken or I'm struggling. And it's really important to me um, personally because I, so I grew up in church culture And sadly, most of what I saw was people trying really hard to be good and not necessarily experiencing the power of God changing them in real time. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until probably mid to late 20s where God brought some people and some resources in my life that allowed me to see God actually changing lives and and really the, the safety to face what is hard and difficult and hurting inside of us because the power of God can change us. I just hadn't seen that at work yet. And so once I started seeing that and then experiencing transformation, it became one of the most important things that I could talk about or facilitate. I do love that. That's that's great explanation of what it is and why it's so very important to you because it has really radically changed your life and perspective on every aspect of your life, I'm sure, as God's transformation for us is supposed to. Unfortunately, it does not happen very often or the way it should. So that's why we're glad you're here today, single mom, because surely you um, have been in places where you've struggled with um, 
a few things, and so today will be really great for you. So, Mel, why do you think this topic will be important to our single moms that are listening right now? Oh, Pam. I think she's throwing me for a curve, Katie. This is Katie's topic. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I'm thinking back to when I was a single mom. There's, and and probably for all moms, but I think even more for single moms, you're so stretched thin that I was always focusing on my boys or what needed to be done, and I didn't have a lot of margin to focus on myself. And it felt really good when I had moments to recognize I am transforming, I am taking steps forward, or to even have that moment. So I think this is going to be so great for our moms to have this place where they're thinking about themselves and that you're going to be giving them hope for transformation and to say, I can do this. I do Katie can do it sure. with three boys. Yes. Then. <laughs> we can do it. Yes, you certainly can do it. I love that. So, so I just think that that's, that's why it's going to be so great for them. That is great. Katie, I'm wondering in, in what way, I want to know a little bit more about you personally. In what way have you experienced transformation in your own life? So there are so many ways, but a few that have been pretty significant um, I would say that one of the biggest places of transformation is I had a lot of codependent patterns and tendencies in my life. And through a lot of healing and growth and change, God really healed that. And that is no longer something that I would identify with. I feel like that's something that God has set me free from. I have had a lot of perfectionism, which really kept me bound and a lot of performance and people pleasing. And that's another layer that God has healed me from. And then, um, even more specifically, and probably the really the beginning of my transformation journey is God has transformed how I interact with my kids. So there was a season early on, my boy, so I have three boys and kind of early on in motherhood, um, there were a lot of stressors. So there were stressors within our home. Marriage was challenging at times. I have three little boys, three under the age of five, all boys, um, very busy, very active and and I kind of hit a point where those are internal kind of stressors in our home, but then there were a lot of external stressors, stressors a lot of pressure, um, just a lot was happening in that season of our life. And what ended up happening is my response to stress and stressors and pressure was really unhealthy. And what I ended up doing was I ended up reacting harshly to my boys and mm -hmm. I hated it. I would yell and I, I hate ever having to say that. It's like one of the biggest regrets of my life. Um, but it is the thing because I hated it so much. It was the thing that pushed me over the edge of this has to change. I have to do something about this. I don't want to be harsh with my kids. And so that's kind of a place that I've experienced the most transformation and kind of what had to change inside of me was lies I believed wounds I had received and sin I had done. I had to unpack what the sin was like, first of all, like yelling at my kids, being harsh, being reactive, that I had to confess. Wounds were kind of how I got there in the first place. Like what is the backstory before me being harsh with my kids? And then the lies I was believing, like one of the core lies was like, I need to take care of everybody else really well first before I take care of myself. And so it'd get me to these places of kind of Mel, you described like as a single mom, you're stretched so thin, you're not really always addressing or seeing what's happening in yourself. And that was one of the first lies I had to break was I have to take care of myself if I'm gonna take care of these kids well. So there was massive transformation in this area because I chose to face, this cannot go on anymore. And actually, like, funny story, 
Um, on April Fool's this year, April Fool's Day, my boys decided to play a bunch of pranks and they had permission to play pranks and only pranks on me and their dad. And, uh, and I could tell one of the pranks was going to be messy, like <laughs> so, so messy. You could see it in their and, eyes. Yes. <laughs> I was like getting ready. And the, the amazing part of this story is years ago that would have triggered me into a place of reactivity of yelling yelling overwhelm not being able to work through it with them i mean the the prank was their their deal but there was the aftermath of the prank that we had to face together and so like evidence of growth in me was they played this prank on april fools and then i was honest about my emotions i wasn't bottling it up they asked me how are you doing mom and i was like well i'm overwhelmed but i'm trying to have a good attitude and here's how i'm going <laughs> to clean try, this up. Yes. and for me that was like my big badge of like i have grown i have changed this has changed in me so that's like my big pillar of transformation in my life man i i love that and that it's so tangible now pam and i have never raised our voices in our whole life so we cannot relate to you <laughs> Right, Pam? right, right. <laughs> no, you know, I I get that mom guilt of yelling. I think about that all the time, and I kind of had to do this thing, which I do. I'm going to say it's healthy. My counselor would probably say it's not. I make a joke out of it. So anytime somebody compliments me, which is just all the time about my <laughs> wonderful boys, if they say, oh, he's grown up to be such a great young man, I'll say, I prayed and yelled. I prayed and yelled. <laughs> And it's the truth. And so I had to start joking of like, man, I, you know, we all have those moments. So Pam, Mm -hmm. I'm wondering for you, um, I know you've never yelled at your Mm -hmm, kids, so it's mm -hmm. not the same story, (laughs) but can you think of one space where you're like, that is a moment where I have experienced transformation? Well, you know what? I, I, my children already grown and have children of their own and I have grandchildren now. So I, my transformation looks different at this point in life, but as I look back, I see, you know, of course, as we walk with Christ and he, he begins to just daily, 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 daily conform us more to his image as we yield to him. But suppose, I suppose my greatest area of transformation has to do with worry about your kid, worrying about your children. Um, when you're young, you're just trying to keep from yelling and, and just overwhelmed to get to the next stage. But as they get older and then they do teens and then, and then they make choices, maybe you didn't choose for them. And then they enter into the adult situation that my greatest transformation has been honestly being able to yield the outcome of my children's uh, life to God, because ultimately they're his. They're not, you know, yes, God gave them to me. They're sort of my responsibility, but ultimately moms, as you're listening, your children are God's responsibility as you trust him. So my greatest transformation mail has been to yield the outcome of things I pray about to God. And that's my job. And then after I've done that, I can release it. So that's been a great transformation for me. It keeps you from worrying all the time. I mean, how good. do you you want to help us out here? I know. How I do know. you do that? That's just mom. I have a 19-year-old, and I'm like, don't look at his bank account. I don't know. look at his bank account. <laughs> Being a mom is the greatest blessing, and the and I don't I want to say the greatest curse, but it's the greatest blessing, and it, it's the greatest thing that can hurt you as well as you worry about your kids. So Maybe but, even just acknowledging that and saying, you know, I have a friend, Aaron, and anytime I ask him about his kids, he has three kids in college, he'll say, how are the kids? He'll go, I don't know. I gave them back to God. Yeah, I know. I, know. I love that. I love that. I, I know. And I, I know. said, when did you do that? And he said, oh, when they turned 18. And I'm like, okay. Okay, I'm going to do that. How funny. Okay, God. Yes. I had 18 years. 
Yes. You can have him back. So here they are. <laughs> totally. totally. Oh, I love that. So, you know, I want to ask um, Katie, what are some practical tools that you can share with us on how to pursue transformation? How do these moms do that? Yeah, so to make it super practical, I'm gonna run through the three. So I think Mel, at the beginning you shared, um, we'll, real quick, we'll run through what to do with the lies that you've believed, what to do with the wounds you've received, and then what to do with the sin you've done, or I think you like breaking free from the sin that you need to break free from. I love that. Um, so lies that we believe are actually false paradigms that are not what God has for us. And when I talk about lies that we believe, sometimes it's like hard to identify because we think of lies as like something really bad that someone told us it's not true. But often we are shaped by lies or false paradigms that really the enemy has whispered and almost convinced us that they're good or right, or that um, we're stuck in certain places because of lies he's whispered. And so what we need to do with the lies that we believe is we face how those lies or false paradigms have shaped us. And we ask God for what is the truth. And so I think to kind of back up a little bit more with the lies that we believed, it's things that are not of God or not God's best way to live or not reflective of the goodness and beauty of God. And then they shape us in ways that really are detrimental. They do not exhibit um, like full thriving, God-giving life. And so we name the lie. So for me, like in my example of being harsh with my kids, one of the lies that I had to dismantle was that I needed to take care of everybody else better than myself. And so I had to face that's not actually true. And it's actually destroying me. And it's actually even hurting the people that I want to care for because I'm taking care of them. And I'm running out of energy and resource and reserve in myself. And so I named this isn't true. And I asked God, what is the truth? And for that example, God showed me personally, you have to handle self-care like stewardship. So not necessarily like pampering myself, but I have to be a steward of myself so that I can love the people that I care for well. And so this dismantle process, we have with the lies that we believe, we have to name the lie, face it, recognize that it's affecting our life, and then ask God for the counteracting truth and rebuild a life out of that truth. And it can be as simple as, like not knowing how to take care of myself because I have a lie regarding that, or it can be broad lies, bigger lies. Um, so that would be the number one. Do you guys have any questions about that one? No, I think that's a great one. I, I do love that one. So let's hear the next one. I, I do like that a lot. Okay, cool. Um, the second one is wounds we receive. And so this one can be probably the most painful because wounds are just hurts that we receive from other people. And often when we don't heal the wounds that have hurt us, the places where we've been hurt by others, the places that we have been betrayed, abandoned, rejected, or just simply hurt, when we don't heal those, those affect us kind of in a ripple effect throughout our life. So if we don't, there's a quote and I believe it's anonymous. I've never found the author, but it says, when we don't heal what hurt us, we bleed on those who didn't cut us. Mm -hmm. And so it's basically saying, when we don't heal what's hurting, we're bleeding out on those around us. And so the way that we can heal wounds, kind of a super practical way to heal wounds is to engage a picture of forgiveness that is very different than a lot of the forgiveness pictures I heard. And so kind of this, like a quick model of forgiveness in this way of healing wounds is looking at your life or your soul as a bank account and kind of an emotional bank account, I guess. 
and saying, when that person hurt me, they withdrew something from me. And now I have a deficit and it's affecting me from life forward. And that person, no matter what they do to repair, will not be able to fulfill the debt completely because it's already been taken out. It was already spent on some level once it was taken out. And so there's a very real place of taking that debt, that wound, that hurt, and handing that over to Jesus. So like, I've had people write down on a withdrawal slip, this is what was taken from me in that wounding, in that hurt. And I'm going to hand that over to Jesus in prayer. And when I do, I ask Jesus to fill that debt in my soul so that it can be healed. And now that person that wounded me is no longer responsible to repay me. They are responsible to Jesus and they answer to him. But not only that, not only have I like said, okay, now you're responsible to Jesus. I'm looking at Jesus and asking him, please fill this wound, please heal this wound. And he has limitless resource. So he can completely heal heal and fill that debt, that wound in me. And it feels a little scary sometimes when we first face our wounds that way, but the power of naming it and handing it to Jesus engages like the power of God in our lives. And no longer am I left with a deficit and no longer am I expecting someone else to pay me back. I do so that's super practical for wounds. And honestly, like super practical, print off a sample withdrawal sheet on your computer and write stuff down and in prayer, yeah. hand it to God. I love that. And I'm thinking you could even get you some deposit slips and put on there like how God's like filling that back up and... If he wanted to put that. some money in my mm-hmm. bank too, I'd take that, Pam. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take that. I've got some. I yes. love visuals. I will now forever think of that when I'm at the bank or doing anything or when my account's getting close, you know? Right. And then looking back, <laughs> yeah. once you have done that with your wounds and, and there starts to be, you know, a soothing sense over your wounds, you'll, you'll discover later, once you go through that process, Katie, that you did, you'll discover later that your wounds become your greatest asset because it's from your wounds that you grow, you come to know God, you realize you're a conqueror, you become, you know, a witness to others, you have something to share with somebody going through what you did. And so wounds can really eventually be your greatest life blessing, but then you have to fight to get over it, like you said. But that's what God does is he heals. He's the healer. He's Jehovah Rapha, the healer, that it's not all up to you. It's up to asking the Holy Spirit to, to intervene in your in your conversation with God to soothe over and to take the edge off that wound. I think sometimes the wound stays there for a long time, but the hurt, the hurt and the anguish can be diminished to where then you see it as a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's good it. news that it's not our job. To yes. Do that. And was the, what was the third thing that you were going to say, Katie, about you said yes. lies, believe, wounds we received. And what was the third one? And then the third one is sin done. But I want to cycle back really fast. I think your picture is really good of it takes time for wounds to heal. And then uh, you were talking about out of those wounds, Pam, we find some of our greatest gifts or what we can offer the world. And I think that's where sometimes our wounds end up with scars, just like physical wounds where you mm-hmm. can see, you know, the time you broke your arm or you fell on something or whatever. You have physical wounds. I think sometimes our souls have these scar, physical scars. Sometimes our souls have scars that are actually places where we get to tell the story of this is how God heals me. And it's not that it totally goes away or is, you know, completely wiped away and there's no scar. The scars can be so significant Mm -hmm. for what he does. So that's kind of like a kind of closure on the wounds idea. Yeah. Um, And then sin. So sin, kind of the last one is 
when we have, so sin would be the stuff that we're doing personally that's not in line with God and what, how he's laid life out to be lived. And so with my sin, like with my story with my kids, when I'm harsh with my kids, that's my responsibility for naming. I'm reacting to my kids. I'm harsh. I'm impatient. I'm not being kind. I'm not being peaceful. I'm not exhibiting fruits of the spirit. I am reactive and demeaning and harsh. And so just by my tone, even just an angry yelling tone, it can be demeaning to their hearts, even if I say nothing mean at all. And so that's my sin. And so what I do with sin is I confess, and that just means I name it. I name the sin that I've done to God, and then I repent. And repent to me is not just necessarily turning you know, around 180 degrees and going the other way. It's asking God, what is the way to live different from this sin? What do you want me to do to live differently than the way I've exhibited this sin before? And so I repent. I turn into whatever direction God is telling me that is good and his way. And then this is this has been the hardest one for me to really embody is then I believe that by the power of the Holy Spirit, I can change. And so this is where it shifts out of white knuckling. So I think a lot, at least in my experience growing up in kind of the church culture that I grew up in, a lot of dealing with sin was naming it for sure, but then white knuckling not to do it and kind of sin management. But really God doesn't want us to do sin management. He wants us to confess, repent, find his best way to live, and then believe that by the power of the Holy Spirit, I can change. He can change me to do a whole different way of life. Mm, I do love that. That's, that is exactly Great. I love that. I know. I thought like Katie was about to start preaching. I know. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> get her. Let's get let her it, go. Katie. I know. Wow. I love that. Katie, I'm wondering, you know, our mom's listening and we're talking about this. There's probably just, they probably are thinking of 800 things or they can't even mm-hmm. think of one thing. You know, sometimes yeah. when you're so in the middle of it, um, I'm wondering how do we recognize what needs to be transformed? How do we know what needs to be transformed? Where do we start? How do you even know? I'm just thinking like everything, you know, <laughs> everything. So like, how, how, how do we recognize that? How did you go about that? So I think for me, my first was, I knew I was being angry at my kids and loud and harsh and, you know, big emotion. That one was, that was pretty easy for me to be like, that needs to change. Um, but there were a lot of other things that were not as evident. So I talked about codependency, perfectionism, people pleasing, those things took a little more time. So like two quick things to know, okay, either I feel everything needs to change or I can't even identify anything. Mm -hmm. I just, there's, it's like a swamp of feelings and I don't know where to identify any one thing specifically. Number one, quickest, easiest thing is to say, Jesus, what do you want to heal or change or grow me in? And so just asking Jesus and then really trusting that whatever he shows you or points out is the direction he wants you to pursue healing, change, transformation, growth. So that would be the first one is just pray. But um, sometimes that can feel a little intangible and kind of, I'm not sure what he'll say, or I don't know if he'll say anything at all. So the other thing to do is really reflect on, for me, it was reflecting on where do I feel stuck? Where do I feel triggered? And where am I expressing bigger emotions than maybe what the situation is, um, like maybe what fits the situation? And so uh, the word triggered is really... I have a bigger response to what's happening. I'm no longer functioning in an optimal way. I'm actually functioning non-optimally. I'm either 
shutting down inside or I'm exploding externally. And so knowing when we feel triggered can point to, oh, I feel triggered here. That's telling me that something inside of me needs some healing, whether that's lies, wounds, sin, something inside of me needs healing if I'm feeling triggered by a coworker, by a friend, by a situation, by a circumstance. Um, when I feel stuck, like if I feel like I can't get movement forward, that's probably a place that needs some transformation. And places where I feel really angry, really hurt, that's probably a, a signal that something needs to change. God needs, I need healing from God in that specific place. So kind of self-awareness is probably the first step to naming what needs transformation. I do love that. Those are some excellent ideas and examples. So Katie, I'm thinking sometimes when we begin to heal, you know, and we begin to change, it changes things not only about us, but other people around us. So what should a, a single mom do when people don't like how you've changed as you pursue healing and transformation? What should they do when their security with their friends and their sphere of influence changes because they don't like the new you that's taking place? Yeah, that's that's a hard one because when you're changing and healing and you're feeling that goodness of life that God's doing in you and that goodness of change, it can be disappointing and sad when, when some of those around you are not actually liking what's changing about you. So there are two ways to kind of handle that. And the very first is to understand that not everyone, well, the very first of both of these two ways is to understand that not everyone is on the same journey that you are on in healing and growth and not at the same pace that you are on. So to kind of look at those around you, especially those that are having a hard time with your change, your growth, your transformation, to really take kind of take a step back and an, and an objective perspective that they're at a different place in their journey. And then there are two ways to approach when people don't like what's changed about you. One is if the people are safe or relationships that you really want to keep and invest in and have, the first step would be to invite them in and share how it feels when they don't like the change about you. And that would sound like, I feel hurt when you know you make this side comment about this step of growth I've taken, or I feel judged when you make this comment about this transformation that's happened inside of me. And so it would be, I feel statements with the people that you believe are safe enough to make that step with and mm. the people that you really want to maintain relationship with. And then there are people who will not be safe and who will not welcome or embrace the change and transformation you've experienced. And, and with them, the step would be to set boundaries around yourself and your life in a way where you can exist healthily with them. And with some people, it may not be healthily at all. And I do, I want to acknowledge that, but really knowing that you can set boundaries for yourself in relationships um, to where you feel safe and okay to continue on in your growth and transformation. And then really ultimately there's this prayer that I pray often, like so often um, it's from John Eldridge. And he and his wife pray it often. I think I heard him on his podcast. I'm not sure. But it is, um, I give everyone and everything to you, Jesus. And you just pray it over and over with the people that are not receiving your change and not liking it. There is just a place for you to say, I give everyone and everything to you, Jesus, and really releasing them to Jesus and you continuing on in your growth and healing and change. 
I like that. That's really great. Uh, do you, in closing today, goodness gracious, you've given us so much to think about. I know, moms, as you're listening, you're going to want to go back and listen to this again, maybe take notes. There were so many things said that were helpful in helping you to find the wholeness that you desire to have. But is there anything before we continue on, and I wrap it up here, Katie, that you maybe didn't share or any additional thing that you want our single moms to know? You know, I would just say every step towards transformation is a brave step. Mm -hmm. And to know that you are brave the moment you begin pursuing transformation. I love that. You are brave. You are brave. And I I do love that. You know, moms, I, I want you to know that it is God's will and God's purpose to bring you to a healing place of wholeness. I don't care what you've been through, what's been done to you. You know, Jesus raised people from the dead. Sometimes I look at our situations and I think, goodness gracious, what I'm praying about would be nothing for him. And it is nothing for him to do that as we yield and give it to him. And like you said, call out the pieces and and name the, the sin and name the things that we need God to work in our lives. He waits. He waits on high to do that. So our first step, is, as has been spoken today, is to yield just yield to him, be brave, ask him to to uncover some things that you can be brave in asking for wholeness and healing. You need to know that you're not doing this alone. If you've received Christ, you have, you have the helper that is coming alongside you to help you and guide you that you're not doing this alone. And that's the Holy Spirit. He wants to bring you through this process to complete holing like he has Katie and he can do it for the Bible says nothing, nothing is impossible with God. Not even what you're carrying today. It's impossible to you, but not to him. And in closing, I just can't help but think of two scriptures I want to leave you with today, moms, that that have to do with what we've talked about. And both of them are from Isaiah. And The first one is in Isaiah 38, and I love this because it says, You, O Lord, have restored me to health and let me live again. You have let me live again. Surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. We don't always see that. But the Bible says, "It, It was to my benefit that I suffered such anguish. And in your love, you kept me from the pit of destruction, and you have put all my sins behind your back. I love that, as Katie has talked about, us releasing and letting God put our sins behind his back. And the last one in Isaiah, moms, this is my favorite. I say it so often is Isaiah 41.10. You might just want to put it on a post-it note, put it on your steering wheel, on your bedroom mirror. But it's this, because I know single moms, one thing they do very well is fear. Mm-hmm. It says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And today as we close this Arise podcast, MomCast, it's my prayer. And it's Katie's prayer and Mel's prayer that you will yield it to God. Don't be dismayed. Allow him to strengthen you in it. Call out to him and he will do it. Stay in touch with Arise Single Moms, and we have so much more for you. But for today, we thank you for joining us and praise God that He's in the midst of your circumstance carrying you through to wholeness and forgiveness.